Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Ben and Chris Talk Sports. I'm Chris. And I am Ben. We're here, as always, to bring you our opinions on the news, notes, and happenings from around the world of sports. Episode number 80 today, out of the 70s into the 80s, much like the temperature. Unintentional segue. Today's show, we have a very prominent group of athletes are attempting to uh, come together to purchase the New York Mets. Uh, we have some interesting leaks as far as the ratings go for the new Madden game coming out in a few months, or next month, I believe. Uh, but first, we've been talking about it for years, and people have been complaining about it for as long as I can remember. But today, being Monday, so yesterday by the time you guys all hear this, the Washington Redskins, as they were formerly known, have announced that they will retire the name and logo and will come up with entirely new branding for the franchise. I mean, this had to be done. The only reason why they're doing it is because they got pressure from the ad- advertisers. Sure. Like, that's because they never thought about doing it before. Oh, they thought about it plenty of times. They well, just didn't really, not I mean. Didn't take it seriously, though. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, Daniel Snyder is a businessman, and we both have made our feelings on him as a person very clear. Correct. Uh, but, yeah, the only way to get through to them is with money. And that's and on the financial side, and that's what they did. FedEx, who is the sponsor of the, now I guess we'll say Washington NFL team's uh, stadium, FedEx yeah. Field, I think they paid something like $240, $250 million over the course of so many years. 27 years. 27 years, okay, to have the rights to that field. And they, I believe came out and said they would strongly consider pulling that yeah. if they, Washington did not change their name. And every retailer, and I mean every retailer, pulled Washington Redskin apparel. Well, everybody did that. And the whole reason that FedEx only did that too right. is because, and look, I agree with it. Redskin is an offensive term. It's something that should have never been a name to begin with. It's not like, like I said last episode, it's not like Brave or Blackhawk, where that was the name of a tribe. Brave was, I'm not exactly sure, but I know it was not a derogatory term as far as Native Americans went. Indian, I mean, I guess if you were incredibly sensitive, you might find that offensive. But uh, if that is what you have a problem with, of all the things in the world to have a problem with, you may not want to listen to this show. Your call. Uh... With that said, we love everyone who listens. Thank you. Uh, but, I mean, Redskin is a whole different story. I agree. Um, I think think it's about time. I just think it's funny that all these – it's like anything. Anytime something happens, everyone feels they have the virtue signal. We yeah. c- You couldn't just change the name because it was the right thing to do. You have to change the name because all these companies – and these companies don't care either. It all comes down to finances. It all comes down to money, which I don't usually have a problem with because the point of a company is to make money. Correct. I'm fine with that. I'm cool with that. But now they're using this to try to make themselves look good, to try to drive people towards their product and brand because, oh, we stood up to Washington. We stood up to them. We said we wouldn't sell your merchandise. If no one else had a problem with this, they'd still be selling that merchandise, collecting those checks and not caring. So let's not paint Nike and FedEx as... Superheroes. Well, wasn't FedEx the first one to do it? FedEx did do it first. So I, I, my question would be is what 
push FedEx into that direction? Public pressure. They, they saw the writing on the wall. They, they knew. People have been complaining about the name Redskins for years. Yeah. Why wouldn't it, wouldn't it make sense, like, in 2018 to do this? Sure. When nothing sense. was going on, you know, no pressure. Well, obviously, no. like you said, they've been getting pressure for years. But it would have made sense in, like, 2019 to say, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a, a press release on a Friday at 5 p.m. Redskins are officially changing their, uh, retiring the name. And this is the new name going forward. Boom. It'll been, it would have been subtle. It would have been m- muted. It would have just, it, it wouldn't have been a lot of fanfare. It would have been appropriate because then you're not trying to be, because if the worst thing would have done is have this big, long, like kind of what they did is they kind of announced, oh, we're, we're making an announcement tomorrow. They did this on, they did this on Friday. We're making an announcement on Monday about retiring the name, but we're not going to give you the name. We're still looking at that. Kind of like, you're kind of like in between, in my opinion, where if you just did a press release, this this name's being retired. This is our new name going forward. That's all there is to it. We'll have more uh, before the season starts. They can do their little uh, you know, song and dance they do when teams, you know, you know what I'm talking about, when the teams change uh, jerseys ever so slightly, they have to have this big to do all this big party and unveiling and yeah, yeah exactly yeah all these tweets and and photos and which is fine you want to do that that's fine but but it would have i think it would look better if you did it at a time when you weren't getting that crazy pressure but no you're you're absolutely right i mean i think this this franchise has had a problem with public image seemingly and i, I don't really don't know what year daniel snyder bought it i didn't do that research before i i we started this but Ever, it seems as long as I can remember, he's had a bad public image. There's been problems, there's been other issues with him as far as, uh, I, I guess, business practices. I, I don't know. That's what I've heard. Uh, obviously, I've never done business with a guy. And considering some of the stuff we've said about him on the show, I doubt we ever would if he heard it. There's so. no chance. <laughs> um, which, fine by me. But you're 100% right. It, this team had a bad public image. And if they really wanted to turn that around, he could come out and he could say, which would be completely pandering, but that's what everybody seems to do when it comes to this stuff anyways. No one has a problem with it until something happens, and then everybody has to come out like, oh, I always I always disliked it. I always hated it. It's always bad. It's o-. Okay, so you always did, but you waited till someone else said something to have a problem with it. Makes sense. FedEx, feel that, FedEx had no problem with it being Washington Redskins when people weren't breathing down their neck. Right. Nike had no problem with that, as well as other, and, and Nike has a lot of other grievances against them in other parts of the world for other business practices. So I don't know why Nike is all of a sudden on the moral high ground here, but that's a different story. Oh, they're taking a, they're taking an opportunity is what they're doing. And, and and that's kind of what that's kind of why I call a lot of this virtue signaling. It's not the fact that I've, I've stated very clearly I have no problem with them changing the Redskin name. I think it's about time. I don't know why it was ever a name to begin with. But people interacting like companies like Nike are taking the moral high ground. It's like, go look at their history a lot of problems with their production and how they how they turn these shoes that have a like a four dollar cost to make and they sell them for like four hundred dollars like how do they do that exactly you just go look at some of their business practices but nobody wants to pay attention to that that's a different country that's a different narrative nobody nobody seems to care well some people care but nobody at the front line of this seems to care it's just 
football team name bad, everyone else okay. And it's, it, you know, get your priorities together, folks. If this is bad, then what some of these companies are doing who are trying to play hero by not sponsoring the Redskins anymore or the Washingtons anymore uh, is just as bad. So let's, let's get off our high horse and, and look at everything as a total before we, you know, throw one stone in one direction and ignore the rest of it. So I got a little history for you. He, uh, he bought the team in 99. Okay. He has been getting pressure since 1999. Sure. From groups to change the name. Multiple occasions, he has said he won't change it. 2013, he actually stated, we'll never change the name. It's that simple. Never. You can use caps. So 2013, as recent as 2013, he said he will never change it. Ah, uh, but he never stated if you use dollar signs, he wouldn't. Well, that's, how, that's the caveat, Chris. But... Yeah, and I can read the rest, but it, it, it's just, it's just, it would have been better for him. And I understand what kind of person he is. He is not, not a great owner. And he's got a lot of baggage around him from previous businesses. We're not going to go into those. I'm interested in, in, in one thing, though. There's like three names that I've heard talked about the most. Each of them have kind of different contexts, I guess you could say. Uh, one's the Washington Warriors. I guess it's a... Well, because Braves are kind of... That's kind of like the warrior of the right. Native American tribe. So, Warriors, I don't know. I don't know where that's coming from. I think people are saying that because he actually owns the... I think he owns the, uh, the rights to that name. That's possible. I think he bought it years ago as a backup plan, but it's not the best way to go. It would not shock me if he had like twenty different names. Stop, stop, because he could. He technically doesn't own the name of uh, the Redskins, correct? I don't believe so. I don't know because there was a Honestly, South Park. There was a, that South Park episode. Well, we're going. We're going. We're going. We can go there. We're going legality and yeah, copyright through South Park now. Yeah, why not? Okay, that make yeah. We're, we jumped the shark. Um, the one I brought you, I brought up to you a couple days ago, uh, the Red Tails. Yep. That's a pretty That's good idea. Also terrible. You don't like the Red Tails? No. It's a stupid name. Just call themselves the Red Asses. Like, seriously. Like, come on. Um, what about the Red Wolves? There's actually a pretty little bit, good... A little bit cooler. There's a pretty good image, actually. Um, are there actually, like, wolves in the D.C. area? That wouldn't make any kind of sense at all? I mean... I don't know. But you'll get a kick... Uh, someone tweeted this out. Uh, it's a picture of a... Um, I think it's... Um, What's his name? The rookie from last year. Uh, had like a jumped off real quick. Haskins? Receiver. Oh. Um, he, went for, he went to Ohio State. The, this name escapes me. I think, it's, I think that's the player, though, on the image. But it's an image of a bunch of wolves with the, uh, the player in a Red Wolves jersey. And it has, uh, a wolf doesn't concern himself with the opinions of sheeps. Which I think, kind of familiar. Yeah, it's been an old phrase for years. Yeah, Terry McLaurin. Thank you. That's I think that's the player that's on the. Uh, it's an. I mean, it's. They're interesting names. I I think. Does a wolf concern himself with getting more than four wins in a season? No. Because they don't want to do that before they worry about clever slogans. Not th- not this team. I don't. But I don't think. Um, that's not from. That's not tweeted from the 
Washington team. Oh, okay. That's tweeted from some account. I, I can't remember where I saw, and I wish I could because I want to give him credit because it was funny. I saw it was a meme today, and it said Daniel Snyder renaming <laughs> renaming his Washington team, and he tore down the Washington Redskins logo and put up a DC Redskins sticker. And I was like, "This is that's the most Daniel Snyder thing you can that possibly imagine." Is, yeah, we rebranded, guys. You don't want Washington in the name? We're going to take it out for you, no problem. <laughs> but I mean, it's like I said, I get it because this is a derogatory term. Yeah. Uh, even if when I said earlier, like this is something that like fellow white fellow or fellow white people seem to be bothered by the most. Uh, the most. Uh, that's why I call it more virtue signaling than anything because. You're trying to make yourself look good. Exactly. It's not a matter. It's the right thing to do. But so the people who are doing it and initiating it aren't doing it because it's right. They're doing it because they just want recognition for being so virtuous. And it's just like, at the end of the day, the right thing's done. But it's just the whole holier than now, we're going to do this because we're superior. Is just, it's annoying. And it's really tiresome because these people aren't any better or worse than anybody else. Like if, if he had just done a press release... We would have done. We would have came on and said, "Oh, they're changing the Redskin name." If there was no pressure, no fan, no FedEx didn't pull their threaten to pull this. Nike didn't do this. You know, if all it was just them deciding, we would have read it, it was like, "Oh, Redskins changed their name. Oh, that's good. It's a good move." Next subject, please. It, that's exactly what we done. exactly. But I, I do to your point earlier. I do very much agree. If you wanted to improve his image and the image of his team, he could have come out at any point. When the 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 request for it to change had significantly died down, and he could have just come out a few months after that and been like, "Okay, guys, you know what? We thought about it. We considered it. Right. We're going to change it. It's the right thing to do." And he would have actually, for the first time in his at least ownership tenure, looked like the good guy. But and it, and it, it looks like to me it would have been like you know. 2016, 2017, 2018, somewhere around there would have been like kind of the right time frame because it doesn't, there's not a lot. What the history I'm looking at doesn't seem like there's a lot in those time frames. So it's like, yeah, that would have been. But this is where we get to the crux of the problem. Does Daniel Snyder really care what everyone thinks of him? That's very clear he doesn't. Yeah. It's very clear he doesn't. That's why he said no matter what, no matter how much pressure there was on him, he said. Uh, I'm not ever changing it. And FedEx was still the sponsor back then. Yes, they were. Nike was still doing stuff with the NFL back then. All these other companies were still there back then. So now they want to get on their high horse and act like everybody wants to act like they're superior. I am the, I am not ever going to defend Daniel Snyder. This is not in defense of him. This is calling out the people who want to sit there and act like they're so above it all and they're so... Uh, virtuous and wonderful because oh we we disagree this is terrible we need to change this but it is it's the right thing to do it is regardless it's the right thing to do i just wish it was done in a way without all the pomp and circumstance to make all these people look like heroes when it's like hey how about whoever named them was an a-hole and didn't realize how wrong it was and now we're going to do the right thing so we're not heroes for it we're just not going to be jerks all right but <laughs> We can't do that. Everyone has to attack it from every angle. But I guess it gave us a topic to talk about, so I guess it did us some good, too. Well, since we're on the subject of ownerships. Yeah, the Mets, they're going to get a new one. Apparently. So the Wilpons are, are trying to sell the Mets. 
I guess they have offers on the table. There's an offer from uh, the gentleman you were trying to refer to earlier when we talked before. Uh, his name is Stephen Cohen. He's a hedge fund manager. Right. Okay. That's, I couldn't remember his name. That's what it was. Yeah. His offer is $2 billion. Oh, wow. Okay. Which, as I think you put so eloquently, was what? Uh, to him, it's probably pocket change. Right. He probably just picked it up off the driveway and was like, oh, cool. I'll go by the Mets. Yeah. You think, why are we bringing this up? That's not, that's not really headline. It's the other offer they're getting from the other group that's very interesting because it's got some headliners. It starts off with J-Lo and A-Rod. Jennifer Lopez, Alex Rodriguez, respectively. They are the, I guess you could say the headliners. Um, yeah, the face of the the face of the group, yeah. I guess. Um, it also has Brian Erlacher, former NFL player. Travis Kelsey, current NFL player. DeMarco Murray, former NFL player. Joe Thomas, former NFL player. Bradley Beal, current NBA player. Mason Plumley, current NBA player. And there's probably more and more and more on this list. And there's no rule against active players having ownership stake in other sports, is there? I don't think so. I don't. Th- I didn't think there was, but I know that. I know you couldn't. That's why, like Jordan had to uh, do something with his ownership stake in. Um, I think it might have been. I know Magic Wizards, Johnson, Washington Wizards. Right. But I think Magic Johnson had to do something because he had, like, obviously he has ownership stake with the Dodgers, but I think he had some stake in the Lakers. But I don't know the correlation of what went on, but I know he had to do something. Regardless, I mean, I think this is a... So the Wilpons apparently want to sell to J-Lo and A-Rod. Okay. Um, they just want that deal to get as close to... Uh, Stephen Cohen's offer as possible. And right now it's apparently their highest, or their initial bid was $1.7 billion. Oh, is that it? That's it. Oh. So I don't know if that $300 million, them. That $300 million, I don't know if that's that's a, a, a sticking point for uh, the Wilpons. The way they've been running the team, I might just want to get out while the getting's good because it, get, it could turn south very quickly for this team. I think it's a good move. I think you're getting... Because now you're infusing young, new um, owners into the league. Like you just had Derek Jeter and a group take over the Marlins. Right. Exactly. And here's the thing. Everybody knows Derek. I mean, Derek Jeter probably is not having to start a GoFundMe anytime soon so he can eat. But Derek Jeter's not a billionaire. Somebody else was probably the main financial backer for that. But Jeter's baseball mind and his marketability in the game of baseball put him as the face of the ownership group. There's still a whole board he has to a boardroom he has to go in there and deal with if they want to make a big move. Same as Magic Johnson with the Dodgers. He's the face of that, but there's a whole other group behind it with a lot of money invested who is also running it. So even though this group of athletes and J-Lo and Aaron want to buy it, I do believe they were partnering with somebody who is going to be the majority financial backer all these guys are kind of jumping in as faces of it, which I think is uh, why a lot of people think this could be a good thing because you have so many recognizable athletes in different sports. They're marketable in different markets. Um, did that make sense? Yeah, that made sense. That makes sense, yeah. I mean, markets from all over the country where these guys played. I mean, J-Lo's known throughout the world. A-Rod's known 
I'm pretty sure a lot of these guys are recognizable outside of sports, but they're definitely known within sports. And you brought up an interesting point earlier. Due to the fact that everybody has this really skewed bias towards anybody who is associated with PEDs, uh, you don't think A-Rod's getting in the Hall of Fame. No, he's not. Uh, I don't think it'll be anytime soon. I think he deserves to be there from a talent standpoint. I don't like him as I a think player, he, I think but I, he, I don't he, think he, he will popped. get in. I think it's because he popped. He actually popped yeah, well. for a confirmed um, steroid use. I think that's what's going to... That's, that's that that wall that the BBWAA can stand on. It's like he actually, after everything was sussed out and we actually have testing and it's been banned, he actually got uh, caught positive. Well, you and I both agree that BBWAA needs to go away. A thousand percent. And for those who don't, that's the Baseball uh, Baseball Writers Association of America, the holier-than-now gatekeepers of the game of baseball. I'm not going to give... Ken Griffey Jr. a hundred percent vote in because who was it? Oh God, who do they always reference? Babe Ruth. Yeah, didn't get a hundred percent in, and then we put in Mario Rivera hundred percent. But Derek Jeter, no, Derek Jeter can't go in hundred percent because my it's convoluted, it's disgusting, and I think the NCAA and the BBWAA need to go away. That being said, yes, I think it is a backdoor in for him to get in the Hall of Fame if he can establish ownership prestige on par with Steinbrenner, I guess, would be the example. Because I think Steinbrenner is going to, if he's not in already, he's going to get in the Hall of Fame as the owner, even though it's uh, post-hominous. Here's the problem with that. Po- uh, yeah. Here's a problem with that. Um, A-Ride's never going to be Steinbrenner. True. Like, Steinbrenner was the owner. He was the face. He was the money. He was the backing. A-Rod is probably putting a decent chunk of change into this, but he's not going to be the primary guy when you have all these other big-name athletes involved in that. He's never going to get a big enough piece of the attention for it to be able to focus on him enough for them to say, ooh, A-Rod deserves to be in the Hall of Fame now because the Mets didn't finish in fourth place. Like It's just not... The Steinbrenner Yankees, the George Steinbrenner Yankees, as much as I dislike them as a Red Sox fan, especially during that time period, uh, were, were a force. They were known worldwide. He not only turned them into a team, he turned them into a brand. Right. And you're just you're not getting that from A-Rod. It's just not going to happen. People can like him. People can hate him. I mean, he makes people feel a certain way one way or the other, which is, I mean, I guess good. But if there's a lot of Mets fans who don't like the Wilpons, I think hate would be the terminology. That would be okay, used. well, whatever. But they're not going to probably like A-Rod a whole hell of a lot more. Honestly, I mean, he was the rival Yankees uh, star for a while. And then if he wasn't on your team, then you weren't really a fan of his. And right. Sometimes if he wasn't your team, you weren't really a fan of his. I just don't see this having a big enough... Enough juice? Yeah, it's not going. it's not going to matter. No I mean, pun intended, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, BS. There was pun intended there, <laughs> and it was well played. Also, I, I, that was that was funny. Um, but no, he's just not. It, people don't like Alex Rodriguez. That's true. Although he is trying to fabricate this image that has he Alex, is. Would you would you not agree? <laughs> it has turned since he stopped playing. 
it has, but it's funny because people who didn't like him when they were playing against him mm-hmm. still don't like him now. Oh, I hate him more. Which I, I, look, I don't, I don't, I don't like him. I don't hate him. I never cared for how he carried himself in the field. I was a big fan of his when he played with the with the uh, the Mariners. He was phenomenal. He was arguably the best player in the game. Went down to the Rangers, signed that massive contract, won the MVP. I believe he won the MVP, even though the team was not that great with him on it. Right. Um, and then he was, you know, spent some time there. Went up to the Yankees and then started all this stuff with the PEDs and all this, you know, acting like he's the only one who's ever done it, which is complete nonsense. So I don't. It's not even a PED thing I hold against him. If you want to look at, remember we said a few episodes ago about Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. If you want to look at the character of a guy, look at the guys who play against him and play with him right. and what they think of him. People were universally happy for Cam Newton to get back into the game and to have a place to play and compete when he signed with the Patriots. They were upset when he was released from the Panthers. They thought he got a raw deal. Look at how people, like I just said a few seconds ago, people who played with A-Rod still treat A-Rod when they see him, when he's doing when he's doing analysis. And then they come up and they're, you know, they're they're talking with the, the panel and A rides on the panel. It's very awkward, very awkward. You ever see the the clip Jason Veritek, who has a history with Alex Rodriguez? Just Google that sometime. It's pretty amusing. Uh, walked up to the post show panel A Rod was on, and it shakes everyone else's hand. Says hi to A Rod to be polite. A Rod tries shaking his hand. Veritek just turns away. Because they never, they're never going to see eye to eye. No, but Veritek is not known as somebody who's just going to be disrespectful, especially to the game. Or hold a grudge, I don't or, think. I, I don't believe so either. Like, he's not he's not a bad dude, and he still can't stomach even communicating with this guy. Well, that tells you what you need to know about somebody. And if you watch him on set, it's just... that's my He comes off as fake. Yeah, that's, I guess that's a word I would use, is, is fake. It's just like, it's just so fabricated. Like, the, Im- the image is fabricated. Exa- I have infinite respect for what Damian Tomlinson did on the football field. He was phenomenal. I've never much liked his character. Because I just feel every time he got a chance to take a shot at somebody, he took a shot at somebody. But when I watch him do analysis, I feel he's being genuine. He's giving his real opinion, whether I like it or dislike it. I don't feel like he's being fake. When I watch A-Rod... I feel he's just trying to go along with whatever, whatever narrative they told him to. He's not being truthful to himself. And he's just trying, like you said, to portray this image that isn't really him. Yeah. So, he wants no. everyone to like him, I guess, is what I would say. Because I don't, I don't know if I've heard him ever... I don't want to say trash, because you don't really want but, to... But not really, like, push push back on a player who's underperforming, you know. If David Price went out and got blown up, I don't I don't see Alex Rodriguez going on and, and, and you know dissecting his his start and, and and pushing pushing back on you know what he did wrong, what he did here, what he did wrong there. It's like I don't I don't see Arod doing that kind of stuff. He's just more of Generic, vanilla, fabricated. That's just what I see him when, and I just—he's a big name to fill a seat. Yeah, that's what he is on the bright. He's the equivalent of the 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 politician who just says, "I'm going to create jobs." Well, yeah. how? 
by creating jobs. Okay. Like, it's, there's, no, there's no detail. There's no breakdown. There's no how are you going to do that. With A-Rod, it's just, wow, they played good today. Okay. Well, <laughs> give us some analysis there. But oh, they won the game. Okay, A-Rod, thanks very much. Like, it's the same thing. It's just like, all right. Like, there's, no, there's, no, there's no breakdown. There's no detail. There's no, there's no actual character. And honestly, I would say, and 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 we'll try not to go too deep into this, but I would say, not that narrative with everybody, but that kind of same context with most analysts, whether it's ESPN, MLB, Fox, they never, they want to have that access, so they won't push too much on the players to like criticize. Because they want to have that access. It's like baseball writers. They don't. They only care about having access to the players until they don't need to have access to the players. And then, of course, the Hall of Fame voting comes in and they'll just right, do yeah. what they want. Yeah, toss them to the side. And I won't go down that road again. Um, but you then you have people, and I'll give you an example. And if you're in Boston or, or in New England, you'll know uh, who I'm talking about. Lou Marloni, continuously, and I understand radio, it's a lot of negativity, but I will give him credit. He will burn, well, not burn, but he will push back on baseball, baseball players in general. He will will criticize because, A, he doesn't need access, and, B, he can do his job without needing to talk because he really doesn't need to talk to them. So he can literally, if, if someone looks back, like he... Got all in David Price for the entire season in 17, I think it was. But you don't get that on any of the other outlets, really. It's like you you probably get it on local stations. You probably get it from... Imagine if Trevor Bauer was on Vox. And he was just as vanilla as um, A-Rod. You know he's fake. You know he was fake. Right, because if you if you've seen anything Trevor Bauer tweeted, you would know if they put him on set because he, and if he's done playing, he's gonna give you something. He's gonna give you his real his real opinion, regardless of whether you like it or not. It's like when they when they when they kind of told Steve Smith, Senior, to kind of like, hey, just just pull back a little bit. I didn't like that because the the most entertaining, even though some people don't like how Steve Smith comes off. He's given to you real. He's giving you his his hundred percent right. opinion, and he's he's pushing back on some of the players. But they, I, I think they would respect them for being honest, and that's what I would want. And I guess that's why we're getting around on Arod is just he's just not, not genuine. Not if he wasn't Arod the image, and he just went out and he was Alex Rodriguez, the former baseball player who was breaking down a game. Right. I think he'd have a lot more luck. But if he, I, if he didn't do Fox, would he would he be better or would he have a better position right now if he didn't do Fox and that whole panel pregame ESPN um, telecast? If he didn't do that, would be would he be in a better spot right now? As an announcer or as a uh, as potential a, as buyer? A potential buyer. I think so. I think because yeah, and I think. You know, to, to your point, though, on that, I wonder, actually, to be fair to him, and because I, I, we're going to be consistent, we said that last episode, yeah. we're going to be fair, these, 
they took a name in Alex Rodriguez and they brought it on another panel. Yeah. This guy was clearly not prepared to be where he was. No. He was clearly not at that caliber. They should have realistically brought him in as a segment guy to begin with, worked with him, because he's still going to have his name in five years. Yeah. He's still going to have value there. Brought him in and said, okay, you're going to do like they did with Gronkowski before he decided he was going to be a wrestler and then play football again. Because Ron can't be one thing for more than 30 seconds without getting bored because he's just, he's just an energetic dude. <clears throat> but they brought him in. They realized, oh, okay, Gronk as a player in a, in a post-game press conference is a lot more fun than Gronk that wanted to be broadcaster or host. This is not going to work. It was pretty evident, so they were like, okay, we're just going to let this die down a little bit. We're not going to keep bringing him back. Something like A-Rod, who is more toned down, they could have said, okay, you're going to have a two- or three-minute segment once a week, twice a week. And then we're going to work with you in the meantime. You know, you can you know do whatever you do behind the scenes. And then when you think you're ready, we're going to bring you along. Instead, they were like, nope, you're clearly not ready for this, but we want your name on our broadcast. We want to have Alex Rodriguez on our broadcast. So he has to kind of sit there in a situation he's very ill-prepared for. Right. With a, a smile on his face, like, oh, damn, what am I doing here? And it comes across as fake. So I don't completely blame him for that, but that's the reality of it. Well, it's just like when they had Kurt Schilling on. Kurt Schilling was he, he was very analytical. He's very, you know, he told the story. He, he explained stuff to you. But because of his politics and, and, and some of the things he would say or tweet, they parted ways. Right. Even though he was great at, I thought he was great at doing that job. And you, can, you, can, you can suck at your job as long as you go along with the narrative. That's right. fine. And, and I guess, I don't, I don't remember what came first, A-Rod to Fox Sports or um, Tony Romo to uh, CBS. I think A-Rod was on Fox first. You think so? I oh. think so. I would just say, well, we, we know Tony Romo, uh, Jason Witt was direct res, uh, direct result of Tony Romo. Like Jason Witt getting that job was the, one of the biggest mistakes Right. And that was direct cause from Tony Romo, who had instant success. Now, Tony Romo's come back a little bit, but he did get, he has gotten bank for what he does. Tony Romo's good, though. I, I think he's pretty good. I don't, I, don't think, I don't think he's the be all end all people seem to think he is, but I, I enjoy him when he's on the broadcast. I have yeah. no problem with him. If, it, if it's him on telecast on CBS, I'm like, oh, I'm excited because yeah. I, I know I'm going to get some information. Right. Whereas Jason Witten, he just, it's not for him. Let's just say, it. some people just can't do it. Again, because I don't think he was prepared for it. Right. I think if they, if they went along, he could have been entertaining if they did a halftime breakdown with Jason Witten and he had a two-minute segment, and then he could have tied him more and brought him along. But... Well, look what they did with Chris Singleton. When he stopped playing, they, like, they dabbled him here and there. He wasn't a great player. He was a 24th man, 23rd man on the roster. They dabbled him here and there, got better, did some writing, did some podcasts, and, and they brought him up, and and he he's a pretty decent voice on, I don't watch ESPN that much, but when I did watch it the last time, Chris Singleton was getting a lot of airtime, and he was I think he was even getting some games um, during the week, I don't remember what, like Wednesday Night Baseball, maybe he was getting it, but they brought him up, the right way to do it. Exactly right, yeah. But if you think you're going to take a big name, which is why everyone's trying to get like all the all the networks are trying to get Peyton Manning. They've been trying for years. 
Try I don't think Peyton. Peyton would be a good announcer or broadcaster. I don't think so either. A brilliant football mind, but just not... Just. And maybe that's why he doesn't want to do it. He sees the writing on the wall. He's like, oh, I see how Jason did it. I see how Tony Romo... Like, Tony Romo's going to be the bar. Like, can you get close to Tony Romo? If you don't feel like you... Tom, let's be... Tom's not going into broadcasting, folks. No. Tom's not going in... The, the only relation Tom will have is possibly ownership, maybe. And I'm not saying he had some deal with, with uh, Robert Kraft. I'm just saying that would be the only connection left with football when Tom is done is possibly ownership. Otherwise, he's going on to his ventures and he's leaving football behind. I don't even mean this to be funny. I'm, I'm completely serious when I say this. And I, I know what I, I think. Tony Romo's a better announcer than he ever was for quarterback. 100%. I think, isn't he making more money when he's done with this contract? When he's done with this contract. I don't know what his new contract is, so I can't answer that. But I know he's getting bank. I know he's getting, yeah, he's getting a lot of money now. But, I mean, he played in the NFL for a good amount of time. And that's not to sit there and crap on Tony Romo. He had some good seasons. He was not a awful quarterback. There's a lot of jokes about the, the, the botch snap for the field goal in a playoff game and everything. But, I mean, he certainly was never a consistent top-of-the-league guy. He was, like, pretty good in that second tier. Not even, like, top of the second tier, in my opinion. But as an announcer, uh, broadcaster, excuse me, I think I think he's damn good. Um, but that's an interesting point, is, is a lot of the very best players don't make great announcers. No. Because they break down the game so differently in their head. Like, almost to a point where it's over-analytical. And the guys who aren't any good are not analytical enough. You have to find that middle ground guy like a Romo. That's why I think Lou's good at his job because Lou was Lou Maloney. Yep. And I understand not everyone knows who he is or not everyone listens to The Red Sox uh, backup catcher for some time. Infielder. Oh, that's right. Who was the... um... I know who you're talking about. I can't think of it. Oh, my God. I'm thinking of somebody. Doug, Doug Mirabelli. personal catcher. Doug Mirabelli. Yes, Doug. I always got Doug Mirabelli and Lou Maloney. For some reason, I got them confused. Yeah. I Lou Maloney was a, a utility guy, middle uh, middle infielder, cup of coffee. Ryan joke is that he had a a, a, a free pass from Providence to, um, <laughs> to uh, Boston because he literally would just take trips up and down from... Uh, Man, like to travel. Nothing wrong with that. I, he he had a lot of at bats with the Paw Sox. Let's put it that way. But I think the perspective he brings is he's just seen the game so much sure. from that position, from that utility role, bench, understanding the game. Not similar to Tony Romo, but Tony Romo spent a lot of seasons beginning, and at least one or two seasons at the end where he wasn't the starter. If I'm correct, right? Yes. So it's and it is. That's not the end all be all, to to be a ba- be a backup, be a bench guy, but it, it helps in some some aspects. Whereas Tom Brady, I think Tom Brady would suck at it. I, do I too. just think he would suck. Because I, th- I think you focus so much on other things, being the face of a team, one of the faces of the league. Right. I think it, it's got to be. You might say, "Oh, well, you just said it has to be, has to be either." The top or the bottom aren't great, and if you're Lou Marloni going back and forth in the minors, then it might not must not be that good. Well, keep in mind he's the twenty fourth, the twenty fifth man 
on a Major League Baseball team that it was at the time was very competitive. Yeah. So it's pretty damn good when you compare them to the rest of the people playing on the planet. That's And in baseball where you have four different levels of play being, you know, MLB, AAA, AA, single A. Yeah. And even in there, in AA and single A, there's some even further breaking down of rosters. The middle, middle of the pack quality-wise is around that end of the major league roster. Wouldn't, like, you, wouldn't you say it's a little higher than middle of the pack? Because they're so, like percentage-wise, you could almost say Tony, Tony Romo, either the beginning of his career or end of his career, would be close to Lou Morelli during his entire career. Because percent only by percentage, because the NFL doesn't have as many players. Yeah, I guess middle of the pack is the wrong way to phrase it. I guess I, guess I just mean that sweet spot for yeah level. I, it's middle of the pack was the wrong way to put it, but yeah, the, like, yeah, you just want that. You want that that perfect combination where uh, a guy like um, well, a guy like Jason Veritek. I think Jason Veritek would be. He is ridiculously smart when it comes to baseball. And he was a great catcher from a what, what you demand of a catcher standpoint. Right. As far as being a great hitter, a, if you just took his stats and put them on a, put them on paper, you'd go, "That guy's a borderline AAA player at best." Right. If you put his intangibles and his knowledge, how he called the game, how much his pitchers uh, trusted and respected him, his accomplishments behind the plate, which were many. Then you go, okay, you got a guy who has, is that, that perfect storm. So, yeah, let's let's bring him in and give him a chance to broadcast and and pick his brain and see what he's got. Well, they're taking that brain and they're using it in, his organiz- in the organization. He's a scouting director or some sort? Good, because he'll be a manager before he's done. Oh, like Without there's been talk about him taking Without a doubt. I said that when he was playing, he was going to be a yeah, manager. Yeah. Just Like his his uh, his ability to scout, like that just tell like that. The position he is he's in right now is like it, it's it's a home run for him and and you could see him either go one or two directions. You could see him manage in the near future as we see a lot of catchers do or you could see him be front office, move up that ladder cuz he does have a good scouting eye. He has the ability to dissect pitchers really good. So and I guess to bring it back to an earlier point and kind of bring it back to the J-Lo A-Rod. I bring up your point about um, Derek Jeter. I looked it up. He put $400 million into the offer for the Marlins. Okay. How much percentage that was? Uh, I'd say for the Marlins, so our baseball teams are going for uh, 30%? No. Apparently, it's 4% stake. What? Yeah. That's what I'm reading. There's no way that's right. It's from the USA Today from 2017. There's just, dude, there's just no way. It says he has owner, uh, has about 4% stake in a group, in that group. Well, just because he spent that money doesn't mean that's an e- equivalent to 100% of the sale. That could have bought him 4% of the profit margin. I don't know. I'm reading... Bruce Sherman owns 46% of the uh, Marlins. But right, I guess to, to, your, to your greater point, he doesn't own a lot of it, but 
what do we think of when we think of the Miami Marlins? We think of Derek Jeter. Oh, sure, yeah. So. Yeah, they sold for $1.2 billion. There's no way that $400 million is. I mean, it says he's $400 million in debt. So I assume, I assume that means he put in $400 million. I could be wrong. I didn't read the story fully. No, but, but uh, no, you could you could have that. You could be reading it right, but the the thing is, uh, just because he put four hundred million, could have only bought him a four percent. It's it's you, that's for that's for a whole people. different. Not even smarter people, just a whole different animal than you but know I, breaking out and analyzing sports talk. Like it's yeah, I, it's really weird how a lot of these things are structured. Yeah. But and the reason why I brought it up is is was your point is. He's got 4% stake, yet Bruce Sherman is almost invisible, which maybe is the point. Because I don't know who he is, but I know Derek Jeter is one of the owners of uh, Miami Marlins. Exactly. But yet he only owns 4%. So that, in, in, so concert, if, yeah. in concert with this, it, it looks like J-Lo and A-Rod are putting up $300 million into this $1.7 billion dollar bid and that's probably gonna have to go up honestly they're gonna have to get closer to two if they want to compete with well I, I saw a rating uh the mets are worth reportedly worth 2.4 right so it all depends on what the will bonds want to will ponds i'm sorry will ponds want to send sell it for but if they sell mean, it, as far as overall what they're worth now i mean if it's it, like the marlins i just read yeah. sold for 1.2 billion when they were bought in 2002, yeah. they they bought they sold for 158 million. So even if they had a higher value than that, the guy who sold them is still making over a billion dollars in profit. Yeah. Now he's not going to complain if he's getting nickel and dime a couple hundred million. Like it's just it's not going to matter to him. It also depends. You can say what you want about estimates of what franchises go for. In the end, it's realistically. What the owner, the current owner, is willing to sell it for, and what someone's willing to buy it for. Yeah. So it really boils down to that, but I think it's it's an interesting move to bring some excitement, a little, I guess, juice to the Mets. Let's see, say how I did it again. Yeah, you did, you did it again. Here you did it once. I mean, we're going we're going to that I well. Was, I thought it was apropos. I mean, it was funny the first time. Now it just seems like you're reaching. Mm-hmm. Madden Rams came out today. Well, they did. But just to answer your question real quick before I got off on that like 25-minute diatribe. Yes. Uh, does Alex Rodriguez being a broadcaster for Fox hurt him or help him when it comes to this situation? I don't think it matters uh, because it just – he already had his image from baseball when he played. Yeah. And he has – his image as a you know he just he's had his public image anyways he wasn't completely out of the public eye anyways even when he wasn't doing analysis on uh, for baseball so i mean he's already had i mean it's it's not going to help or her it's it's the will ponds aren't going to look at what he did as far as uh his, his body of work as an analyst and go oh man we love this idea but he didn't break down that bulk appropriately on august 12th of 2018 so we can't do it your analyst skills suck. Sorry, Alex. Sorry, everybody else. Sorry, $1.7 billion. Not going to happen. We got to keep the team now because Alex can't analyze. That's not going to happen. It won't matter. But Madden ratings apparently do matter to some people. So we'll get into that because you just 
Yeah, I segue to that, and I backtracked. Um, so we have exciting news to welcome not one but two people to the '99 Club, and the '99 Club is the '99 rating of Madden. Do you know who those two people are, Chris? The two new people, yes. uh, I would say uh, Patrick Mahomes. Yes. And Stefan Gilmore. Yes. Congratulations to both of them. Because you told me before we started recording. Correct. So. I know. And some of these were actually um, released by uh, the Madden people who created Madden. I believe it's EA. Uh, and others were, were done. apparently leaked. Not, but they're out there now. So. Yeah. So the, the the rookies came out. I didn't want to dissect the rookies because what can you dissect about the rookies, really? So realistically, the only thing that's out legitimately is the quarterbacks. And you have a problem. And I think I have a problem, too. I have two problems. Uh, my biggest two one, problems? My, my biggest one was, you know, and uh, just say before I get into those because I can't just get right to a point. I have to set everything up. Um, the 99... Club, I, I think there's four players currently at that level right now. Yes. Uh, Mahomes and Gilmore, who are new. Yep. And I would assume that means that uh, Christian McCaffrey and Aaron Donald were already 99s previously. I would assume so. Um, either way, all four of those guys, top of their game, deserve to be there. Um, there's a few other you might consider throwing in there. I think it's pretty ridiculous. Michael Thomas was only a 98. That's one of my problems. He's the best receiver in the game right now. I think you can almost put one player from each position in. Yeah, I, I, I'd say you have to consider the best player at each position as a 99er. I know, like you said, you don't want to put half the league there because that's ridiculous, but, but the guys who are there deserve player. to be there. Well, with the exception of kicker and punter, even, yeah, though yeah, yeah. even though there are people too, I understand that. But with the exception of those two positions, you could almost just look at each position, guard as a, as a whole, tackles as a whole, and say, okay, where's the best player? Okay. If that player, we deem that player to be adequate at 99%. Yeah, you'll, set, you'll set the standard for the rest. Right. right. So, I mean, I got to say of those four people who are 99, those four players, the one... I kind of question, honestly, even as a Patriots fan, is Stephen Gilmore. I love Stephen Gilmore, but uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if he's 99, absolutely super elite over every other corner. I know he's Defensive Player of the Year and all, but I don't know. Um, if you ask me at the end of the 2020 season, I would say no doubt. This season. Oh, I'm sorry. 2019? <clears throat> 2019. Yeah. This season, there was a lot of points. Mm. Wasn't great. Wasn't I, bad. I, I'm not saying he should have been like a, like a 70 or anything. No, no, no. But no, like, no. you know, I would say like 95, 96, maybe, right, but like 99. Like, I don't know, man. But I, I would have know. stayed 19, 2019. If they went into 2020 Madden, uh, I don't know what his rating was. I haven't had a, I haven't had a new Madden in four or five years. Um, but I would say 99 would be absolutely adequate for him for Madden 2020. Madden 2021. He's getting it because he had a pretty good season and he got defensive player of the year. That's why. And that's fair enough. Like I said, it's not it's not egregious. It's just if if I had to pick to have one of those to nitpick at, uh, Aaron Donald is a monster. 
So even on a defense that's declining, he's still a beast. Patrick Mahomes is, I mean, <laughs> I don't even know. He's Patrick Mahomes. Uh, same with Christian McCaffrey, the best all-around weapon in the game, I believe. So, I mean, those guys being 99s, 100%. Michael Thomas. It's He's a 98, so it's he, Yeah, he absolutely should be there. It's almost it's almost like a bit of, I don't know, they docked him for something, but it's it's pretty ridiculous. So um, where's your big you, – because you, you got one that's just – Well, not only me, but the, this player had a problem with it also. Oh, yes. And they, they apparently they tweeted like a, like the, the what's up emoji, like the emoji with the uh, – the, the eyes looking? The, the, I don't what know if it was that? the eyes or like the almost like the shoulders shrugging and then the, the laughing smiley face. That would be Mr. Deshaun Watson of the Houston Texans Ugh, who is... single-handedly, because he barely had an offensive line, had no running game, has no leadership in the coaching staff. Had one wide receiver. One wide receiver, who, by the way, had. by the way, that coach apparently decided because he didn't like something he said. Oh, apparently that's not the reason. But they decided to trade him. And now he has no receivers. And of course, we're talking about show favorite Bill O'Brien trading DeAndre Hopkins for essentially nothing to the Arizona Cardinals. And. That's Deshaun Watson getting an 86 rating. Ugh. Preposterous. Now, for, in all fairness, Deshaun Watson is not Patrick Mahomes. No, not a chance. He's not a 99. He is extraordinarily good. And if he had a competent coach and a decent, even decent team around him, the Houston Texans are a contender ever since he's been in the league. But... They make this guy fight from the bottom with now injury prone receivers, old running backs, or at least uh, out of their prime running backs who are coming into a system that's never been strong for running backs to begin with, an aging defense, and you have Deshaun Watson sitting there as like the lone bright spot going, what do I got to do to get some help? Well, not have Bill O'Brien as your coach for one. But in 86, for a guy who does all this, now if you give Deshaun Watson all the weapons Patrick Mahomes has, like I just said, he's still not Patrick Mahomes. But this is an MVP caliber quarterback. Then. Absolutely. He's not going out there. He's, he's not going to go out there and, 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 you know, do what Mahomes did. Make no mistake. But this is a guy who should be rated at least at least a 92. 93? He's two points ahead of Dak Prescott. Yeah. Who has done. I admit Deshaun hasn't done a whole lot in playoffs either, but neither has Dak. Dak Prescott has supposedly premier receivers, a top running back, and the best line in the game. So he has more so weapons. So he has way more weapons. And Carson Wentz is two points below Deshaun Watson. Who is injury prone, which Just is probably why his stats are, are preposterous. And Matt Ryan has a higher rating than Deshaun Watson. Than Deshaun Watson, like that's yeah, that's that's, that's no, where the conversation no, ends. No, that's where it's yeah, that's like you you can't sell me on. It literally should be Patrick Mahomes ninety nine. I agree with that. Yep. Russell Wilson ninety seven. Oh, Wilson's a ninety seven. I was gonna ask what Russell Wilson was. Yeah, Russell okay. Wilson ninety seven. Okay, I can agree with that. I'm good with that. Lamar Jackson ninety four. First season playing, I can understand that. I'm okay with that. And yep. we could see it increase 
Based on what we saw last year, 94 is good. Drew Brees has a 93. Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know about that one. And, I'd say he's more of a 91 range. And not and Tom is in a 90. Even Tom, I think. If you told me that Deshaun Watson was a 90 and Brady was an 86 based on last year, I'd be okay with that. And, and, and you Aaron, can swap that. Aaron Rodgers is a 89. Hmm. Like, you're... Are you, like, Madden, are you punishing Deshaun Watson because the head coach is an idiot? Yes, you are. I, that's clear as day to me. That's just, I don't, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. That's unfair to him. Look at the caliber of play. Look at how he changes that game. Look how that team is without him on it. They made the, they made the, wait, they won, the, no, they won the division. No, the Titans were the wild card. Yeah. yeah they won the division. Because of him. They beat the Patriots because of him. They almost lost the game because of the defense. But they beat the Patriots because of him. They won a bunch of games well, because and, and, of him. And DeAndre Hopkins. But wait a minute. Let's trade him. Let's trade him. Yeah. William, William Fuller, Kenny Stills, and Randall Cobb are all going to be able to, as a group, produce what DeAndre Hopkins did. Yeah, honestly, I, I based on injuries and and how they played the last few years, Kenny Stills is a, a great great receiver for two games a year. Yes, he'll have two big games and then start calling himself Kenny Bills, like he's he's you know money the second coming of Michael Thomas, and then disappear for two months. Randall Cobb, I don't know what happened to that guy. I don't know if it was injuries or what, but he was a stud in Green Bay and he just fell off. And then Will Fuller. Man, this guy could be a pro bowler, but he can't stay on the field. Right. He's he's an, he's an electric talent when he's playing. But, yeah, honestly, I think with injuries and the way that Hopkins is probably going to be used in Arizona, there's an argument to be made that those three receivers for Houston may not equal the stats they won't. of DeAndre Hopkins coming into the next season. And I guarantee, and I'll do this myself if I have to, but I guarantee someone's going to put a meme out there or a tracker as far as this is what the Texans wide receivers are doing, and this is what Deshaun, sorry, DeAndre Hopkins is doing. And mind you, DeAndre Hopkins is going to be fighting, not literally, but figuratively, fighting with Christian Kirk for receptions. Kenyon Drake for receptions. I know I'm forgetting somebody. Larry Fitzgerald. Thank you. That's who I was forgetting. My apologies, Larry. Arguably one of the greatest receivers of all time. I apologize. <laughs> wow. And the fact that Kyler Murray is mobile, will get out and run, and they want to run the ball too. There are a lot of variables that will bring his numbers down to, you know, he'll, he might not never reach what he did in Houston because at some points... He won't have to. It was, literally was just Deshaun... Right. And DeAndre show, and that was it because everyone else was injured or wasn't as good. Like Ken, I understand your point about Kenny Stills having like two or three games a season, but that was with DeAndre Hopkins. I don't even know if Kenny Stills is going to have two or three games. Oh, maybe probably not. He's not reliable enough to. So this is a punishment. This is an indictment on. The coaching staff. The the the, the Bill O'Brien show. Yeah. 
So this is what you want to do. That's fine. That's fine. I mean, it's not the end-all, be-all. This is not going to determine Deshaun Watson's career. No, it's a video game rating, and it has no bearing on how he actually plays on the field. It's just, if, if you're doing the analysis for this, how do you look at that and go, Deshaun's an 86? I understand I'm not being Mahomes. I understand I'm not being Russell Wilson. I get that. I understand he didn't have the kind of season Lamar Jackson had last year. No problem. But in 86, and somehow... It's supposed to be based on previous season's performance, which is how Lamar is a 94. How does Tom Brady have a 90, but Deshaun Watson, who was running for his life all year last year, have an 86 when he's still got his team in the playoffs? And how does Matt Ryan have a better rating? Yeah. Barely, but a better rating. And when his he played team abysmal last year. Was garbage. And they only, they, they played, they had to play so above their head just to keep their head coach. Deshaun Watson won games in spite In spite of his, his yeah, coach. head coach. Yeah, exactly. Like, get out of here. The illustrious Bill O'Brien. Deshaun, I hope, I don't care what team it is, I hope you're traded to another team so you can have a successful career. Somewhere where you can flourish and actually show all your talent and not have to, you know... And if it doesn't, Run like a madman because your coach can't build an offensive line. Right. And if it doesn't work out with Kim Newton, by all means, you're welcome to come to England. Let's so, not. Let's not. Let's not be so quick to turn on Cam. That's, that's why I, I I curtailed it with. If it doesn't work out with Cam, if it works out with Cam, then I'm sorry. You'll have to find somewhere else. If it doesn't, <laughs> go play in Buffalo when they get rid of Josh Allen. I like how you you added when. No, I don't know. I, I when? No, it, I don't know. But, uh, I so, know it's not. It's not the topic we're on. I'm not going to get too. We can so, talk about a different time. But so there, there is. There's one other thing I want to mention. If uh, jo- I just want to say, if if Josh Allen can learn a little more accuracy, which is at this point in his yeah. you know career is like a tiger changing his stripes. If he can, he'll be very very good it's going into year three. Yeah. If he can't, uh, it's another Buffalo experiment gone wrong. Interesting tweet that went out from a Melvin Gordon. Okay. Uh, I don't have it in front of me. I, I had it in front of me. I will just give you the genesis because his rating is not out yet. But he wasn't happy with his rating. Because okay. he, he probably knows it, but it wasn't released. Right. He knows it. Uh, his words were, by the time this is released, and I think he's talking about the game, I'll be a 79 with no X factor. You explained X Factor to me because again, I haven't had a new one in years. What is an X Factor? Yeah, I guess X Factor. Uh, well, I mean, as far as I can tell, X Factor in Madden is is something that is for like really upper echelon players, mm-hmm. and it's some kind of like game changing ability. Like you, you have some attribute that is like like that that it factor you always talk about in sports. Where it's like you can't you can't really it's like this intangible thing like when the game's on the line, this player can do things normal. Most players can't because he just has that special X factor. So it's like you know like I think we were we were playing one time, and I think I had I, we do this thing where instead of just taking the Patriots who at, at the time we were playing we're always ranked like low to mid to high nineties. Yeah. We would just randomize three times, and we take the best random team that came up. And I had the Panthers, so of course, being, you know, 
my Christian McCaffrey man crush, I had to take the Panthers. And I think it was like the last play of the game, and I threw a bomb to McCaffrey because he's an X-Factor player. Not even a receiver, running back, but I threw a bomb to him down the sideline. Ended up winning on the last play of the game. On a play that nobody should have been able to make. That play shouldn't happen. Maybe McCaffrey in real life possibly could have, but probably not even. Play shouldn't happen. And, well, you should play better defense. But at the end of the day, he's an X-Factor, so in those situations, he can, you know, short story long, I guess. He can make plays like that when other players can't. So let me ask you a question. Can your stats maintain from one season to the next if you don't play the entire season? No. And Melvin Gordon, I, I hope you, I hope Melvin Gordon was saying that tongue-in-cheek. Like, I hope so. Like joking around like, oh, man, this sucks, like whatever. Because, dude, you sat out and then you held up for a contract you didn't get. When you came back, you were not yourself because you didn't have those reps in preseason. You were not you did not look great last year. And to be honest, you've had a history of injuries throughout your career. Right. And not being able to stay on the field for an entire season. So yeah, you're not gonna be an upper echelon player. If you go to Denver and you're ripping off fifteen, sixteen hundred yards this year and twelve touchdowns, and your receiving game has stepped up and you're pivotal part to them trying to compete with the Chiefs for the division, then, yeah, you may be an X-Factor next year, ranked in the high 80s, low 90s. But as of what you did last year, dude, like, you're lucky they don't put Phil Lindsay above you. Which is, a, which is totally possibly on the table. Possible? Absolutely possible, because they could rate his... Catching ability above Melvin Gordon. I think Melvin Gordon's a great talent, by the way. Yeah. I think he's a hell of a player. I'd love to have him on my team. I'm not knocking him. I'm just saying, based on what you saw, that's what you have to do. He just had a couple missteps. Right. I can't I blame I, him for I can't blame him for wanting his money. Like we talked about football contracts not being guaranteed. I don't blame him for going for it. But it didn't work out. No, it didn't. And it's it's gonna cost him in the stat department, which is gonna cost him in the rating department. That's just how it goes. Which in turn all ipso facto, it costed him in the money department. Because he didn't get the contract that he expected he was going to get as a free agent running back. Although I think that may have helped him out in the long run. Because a lot of that contract he would have got as a free agent would not have actually seen his bank account. It would have been an inflated contract with a, with a lower guarantee. And he would have gotten guaranteed money and then probably been either renegotiated or released in two or three years. When right. it got to be too high of a number. Whereas I believe he signed a two-year $16 million deal with Denver. Yeah. He's going to probably more than likely see both those years and all $16 million of that and still be in condition to probably get another contract on the back end. So even though it didn't pan out the way exact way he wanted it, I think it'll still be okay. It'll be okay. He's not gonna, he just wasn't going to break the bank. No, I don't think he not ever was anyways. Out, not with sitting out that portion of the season, not with uh, injury history. This is And this is injury history going back to college. This is not just pros. Yeah, this isn't so. new, yeah. I, I don't know what to tell him. He tried to do what Le'Veon Bell did. Didn't work out for him. Didn't work out for Le'Veon Bell. True. Didn't really. I mean, he got some money, but he doesn't. Like, when 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 the team talks about trading you midway through the first year of your contract, whether it's true or not. Considering uh, they're talking <clears> about <throat> trading Jamal Adams, and then your, I would not doubt if it was true. And then your head coach comes out after the first season and says he's going to look at tape of how the Steelers used you and apply it to the new season, which... Well, 
we've, we went over that, how <clears throat> dumb that was to, of, of a statement to say. Not because not shouldn't do it. He just should have done it <clears throat> before the 2019. Well, season. Adam Gase makes Bill O'Brien look like Tom Landry. So let's, let's, <laughs> let's take statement. that with a grain of salt. That's a statement. Yeah. So. Bullet point with that one, folks, because that is that that I, I don't want to get into Adam Gase because he's just he. Imagine, imagine the two of them on the same team. Oh my god, they find a way to have negative wins. <laughs> How imagine, did the Jets win negative two games this year? What the hell? Imagine, imagine this: if 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 somehow Bill O'Brien got to the AFC East. With Adam Gay still there, Bill Belichick would just be like, just living the dream. Bill Belichick would actually have his dog run the team. Because I guarantee you. <laughs> no, I, I got. I, I got guarantee you, saying. Belichick's dog has more football knowledge than Adam Gay's. Than both of them combined. Yeah. Oh, I'm good. You good? Yeah, I'm all set. All right. Hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have any questions or comments about anything you heard on today's show or anything at all, we would love to hear from you as always. And Ben, where can they get in touch with us? You can hit us up on Twitter. It's at BCTSpod. Or you can hit us up on Facebook, Ben and Chris Talk Sports. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we hope you noticed a difference in the audio quality from episode 79. Uh, from the previous episodes, we did change our platform as we have announced on social media. Able to bring you a much better quality. Uh, we hope you are not having any trouble finding the show, although saying it on the show if you have probably won't help. But if you did, let us know so we can look into it. We appreciate it. Uh, website is still on the way. And we have some other stuff coming up in the future we're real excited about. Can't wait to share with you guys. Uh, hope you enjoyed episode 80. For Ben, I am Chris. Please stay safe and stay healthy. We will see you right back here Friday morning. Thank you.